morning. Welcome to morning prayers. This morning's psalm is psalm number 34, which can be found on page number 17 in your Black Appleton Psalter book. Would you please stand as you are able? Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. This poor soul cried, and was heard by the Lord, and was saved from every trouble. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy are those who take refuge in him. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord has risen from the He keeps all their bones, not one of them will be broken. The Lord redeems the life of his servants, but none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned.
Hi, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, and as we say, and as Muslims, peace be upon you. So uh, my name is Mariam Durrani, and I am currently a postdoctoral fellow at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. And I'm honored to be here this morning and speak to you all. So thank you so much for your time and attention. I'm going to read an excerpt from uh, James Baldwin's essay, Autobiographical Notes. <clears throat> I love America more than any other country in the world, and exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. I think all theories are suspect, that the finest principles may have to be modified, or may even be pulverized by the demands of life, and that one must find, therefore, one's own moral center and move through the world hoping that this center will guide one aright. I was born in Lahore, Pakistan, in the little hospital across from my maternal grandfather's home. I remember eating the jamunberry fruit that fell off the trees that lined the red brick driveway up to his house. When we moved to the US in 1985, our family visited Pakistan every few years. The plan was simple. My parents saved all their money and then bought four plane tickets and presents for everyone back home. And for so long, the red brick house in the government housing area, formerly a colonial area, near the Technical Training Institute where my Abadan, which is what I called my grandfather, um, he worked there. This was the only consistent home I had for many years because, you see, in 1985 when we moved to the U.S., um, my parents didn't find it so easy to, to find a home here. And after a few months of working at a local gas station, my father, uh, in efforts to provide better for his wife and two young children, found himself talking to a U.S. Army recruiter. And I still can't imagine how, as a 29-year-old Pakistani Muslim green card holder, my dad decided to sign up for the Army. And he did which started a 25-year career where our family moved when the army told us to, meaning not only were we immigrants, but we had no real hometown in America, as other immigrants might be able to claim. And so Lahore was a kind of home for me. Every few years, we went to Lahore and camped out in my grandparents' home for a few months, but eventually they passed away, and home was harder to find. But our family was slowly becoming American, but what did that mean for us? As my brother and I were growing up, this meant a lot of uncomfortable conversations about race at the dinner table. My parents were not familiar with US history, and so over the years, I would come home flabbergasted by some new fact or history that I had learned, such as the story of the Trail of Tears, or about the gruesome details of the slave trade, or about the immigration policy that saw all Asians as threatening and the eventual internment of even second and third generation Japanese Americans during World War II. At the same time, I read stories about Americans who found their humanity in these moments of injustice. And through all these stories and learnings that I had, I felt a deep sense of connection. But my parents often did not have the same experience. They weren't sure how we fit into the American tapestry. And I often felt like they worked because they had to, or they felt they had to, and not because they had found some purpose in being a radio frequency manager in the army as my dad was, or to be a loan officer at the local credit union like my mother was. Instead, their purpose was raising us to be good. 
but I often wondered what was my purpose. What was the moral center that would guide me? And then 9-11 happened. And overnight, I found myself wrestling with depictions of Islam as an inherently violent religion. And these stories would show up on our college campus newspaper, and I was crushed. My privilege had shielded me from many of the injustices that were still being perpetuated in the United States. And my naivete had led me to believe that the civil rights movement had allowed America to recover. But I was wrong. And slowly over time, I learned many new things, many new truths, and truths in the plural sense of the word, as I learned about experiences for many different people of all backgrounds in the United States. And I fumbled my way to try to figure out my purpose, which I believe is to speak out against systemic inequality of all kinds. I started writing opinion editorials for my school newspaper. And those awkward, prose-filled rantings of a 20-year-old are not something that anyone should revisit. But what I found is that I had something to say, and I needed to figure out how to say it better. And over the next few years, I went through several degrees, <clears throat> first as an engineer, then in an English program at the University of New Mexico, finally in anthropology and education at the University of Pennsylvania. And all of those uh, moves over the last 15 years have been leading me to this place where now I stand in front of a classroom at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. And while the brick is still red, I've come a very long way from the John and Barry trees in Lahore. And now I get to teach against um, anti-Muslim racism and talk about immigrant youth and the many negotiations and obstacles they face as they try to establish a life for themselves. And I feel that this is where I found my purpose, in my classrooms, in the opportunity to decide my own life trajectory, where I am a single mother raising a beautiful seven-year-old daughter here in Cambridge. And while there is much to critique in America, especially with everything that's going on right now, I'm heartened by the impromptu protests that popped up last Saturday across, or the previous Saturday, at 90 different airports across the country on the day that the Muslim ban was enforced. And when I think about all those people who felt a profound sense of purpose on that day, I can't help but be grateful and hopeful. And I think that we should stay hopeful because as Baldwin also said, I can't be a pessimist because I am alive. And so as long as we're alive, I, I believe we should hope for a better tomorrow for ourselves and for our children and grandchildren. And in the end, I want to turn back to another short quote from Baldwin, where he said, in America, I was free only in battle, never in rest. I hope one day we can all be free in rest. Thank you so much. Would you please join me in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. This morning's hymn is, O Thou Great Friend, 
to all of us below. Hymn number 230. Please rise as you are able. side of us to guide us, above us to protect us, beneath us to sustain us, and in us to keep us. Amen. Amen. Amen.